Romans, the second chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 21. Romans, the second chapter, beginning at verse 21. Thou, therefore, which teach another, teach thou not thyself. Thou that preaches a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that say a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makes thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. I want to talk about today inconsistency in the body of Christ. Inconsistency in the body of Christ. To be inconsistent, it means changeable. It means saying one thing and doing another. And this is what God is coming in this house to do today is to root up and tear down that inconsistency that's in the body of Christ. You have people that's telling somebody to do something that they're not doing themselves, that they're not being consistent in themselves. God wants us as believers to be consistent in the things of God. And we're going to talk about how you can be consistent. But God had given me this example. Um, Daquan, set that chair right there for me. Open that chair up and sit it right there. And this is what God had given me. Yes, sit it right there. So we see the chair sitting there, and I'm telling Daquan to sit the chair there. Daquan, put the chair on that side. No, put it right there in the middle. Uh-uh, it looked better back there. Now, put it back over there where you had it. Mm, no, put it right there. No, face it this way. Back it up a little bit. Turn it a little bit that way. Nah, turn it back that way right there. No, a little bit that way right there. Nah, I'll I just, just turn it back in the middle. Yeah, leave it right there. That's what you call inconsistent. And this is what Christians are doing in the house of God. You're not consistent with your walk with God. When you're consistent with your walk with God, you're going to stay where God has put you. You're not going to be wavering all over the place like a windshield wiper. Amen. So we see here in the book of Romans, these Jews was trying to speak to the Gentiles because they thought that they were so saved that they could tell somebody else what they should be doing. But Paul was telling them, you teaching them, shouldn't you teach yourself? What you telling them, shouldn't you be doing this yourself? You telling them not to commit adultery, you committing adultery. You telling them not to steal, you're stealing. Come on, we're telling people not to lie, we're lying. We're not being consistent through the word of God. So God began to take me through the word of God and show me some consistent people. And he began to show me one that stood out to me was Mordecai in the book of Esther. Mordecai was standing for the Jews. And Mordecai... Um, sent um, Esther into the, the palace because he knew that God had a plan. Mordecai actually didn't know all of the plan, but he knew God had a plan. 
And there was Haman, and Haman, you know, we say he represent evil, he represent the devil. So Haman was there, and Haman wanted to literally destroy the Jews. That was his plot, that was his plan. But Mordecai was standing in the gap on the behalf of his people. Mordecai wouldn't move. So when Haman would come along, people would bow before Haman. But Mordecai wouldn't bow because he knew what the word said. He was consistent on what the word said outside of what would happen to him, outside of how he felt. Mordecai would not bow down to Haman. Did it get Mordecai beat up? Yes, it did. But it didn't matter to Mordecai because he knew that he was not going to reverence any other God except God. So he would not bow down. Y'all know what happened through the book of Esther. It started out with Mordecai. It passed on to Esther and those Jews were saved. Why? Because God needed somebody that was consistent. He needed somebody that was going to take him at his word and not waver, not be double-minded, but say, God, if this is what you're saying, this is what I'm going to do. Then he began to show me again, Nehemiah, it's always Nehemiah. Nehemiah was consistent when he prayed to God and God allowed Nehemiah to build that wall. God put him in that place. Nehemiah was consistent. Even though when the enemy had come in and tried to stop what Nehemiah was doing, Nehemiah began to seek the Lord. He began to stay consistent. He didn't allow trouble to sway. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. He didn't allow trouble to sway him. He didn't allow money to sway him because if God call you to something, if God give you something, you got to be persistent in what God has given you outside of you. It is not about you. It is God that's doing a work in you and through you. And that's what keep you consistent. So Nehemiah wasn't worrying about what it took to build the wall. Only thing that he was focused on is what God was telling him to do. Look at your neighbor and say, are you focused? Say, I'm talking about on the things of God. See, when you stay focused on the things of God, you can accomplish what God has called you to do. So Nehemiah, he was focused. Y'all know the enemy come in. They want to be a part of what Nehemiah was doing. But Apostle Nehemiah wouldn't let the enemy in because he knew if I let you in here, we're going to be divided. Even the Jews that was amongst Nehemiah, they was trying to overcharge their own people. Nehemiah come in there and he was consistent in what God wanted to have done. And we know that they wanted him to come down. And they were trying to trick Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, why should I come down to you? He said, why should I come down? I'm doing a great work. So we got to understand that when God give you something, you don't change because of man. We got people in the body of Christ changing because of man. We're not being consistent in what God has told us to do. Then God began to take me to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were consistent. Even in the midst of going in the fiery furnace, they didn't let that fiery furnace change who they were. They, you know, they said, you know, God's going to be with me. Even if they put me in the midst of the fire, he's going to be in that fire with me. So they were consistent, and they come out not smelling like smoke. We look at Daniel. Daniel was consistent. He was in Babylon. He was amongst the world. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was amongst the world. But they were what? Look at your neighbor and say, are you consistent? In the things of God. Consistent when it comes to the things of God. 
We even look at when it was dealing with Daniel when he was um, not going to um, pray to any other God. They had to find something on Daniel because Daniel had such an excellent spirit. Daniel would not sway from what God told him to do. So they tried to come against Daniel. Couldn't find nothing on him. So they said, we got to come against his God. Whoever prayed to any other God besides you, Nebuchadnezzar, this is what's going to happen. They're going to get thrown in the lion's den. Guess what? Daniel still went and done the same thing he always done. He was consistent even in prayer. We have to be consistent as the saints of God. We can't be wavering back and forth. We have to do what God has told us to do outside of how we feel, outside of what it looked like. And then we go into the word of God looking at consistency. We're talking about all these people. I look at Elisha. Elisha was, that's after Elijah. He was consistent. When it came to God, when God told him to deliver a word, he delivered that word. When the enemy was even coming in at him, he didn't change what he believed. He stood on that word. Ask your neighbor again, are you consistent when it comes to the things of God? God don't want us to waver. We have to be who we are in him. Just like Paul was talking to these Jews. He said these Gentiles really don't know what to do. Because of you. These God is being blasphemed because of you. Have y'all noticed that when we're in the world, when we're amongst the world, everybody know we don't do what the world does. But why are we confusing the world? Why are saints confusing the world? Saints to get out there and talk about how good God is. How God woke me up this morning. How God healed my body. How God delivered me. How God set me free. We're telling people, you need to be saved. If you don't get saved, you're going to bust hell wide open. Then the next thing you know, they go in the club and they see in you waving. Who want to serve your God? When they already doing what you doing. See, that's not being consistent. And this is one thing when it comes to Christians. We always say, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. No, 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 no. Your life is going to represent what you say. You're going to be different. You're not going to be like everybody else. You're not going to take offense. If offense comes, you ain't going to take it. It's coming, but I ain't taking offense because I'm consistent in what the word of God says concerning offense. Woe to the one that bring it. So when you know it's coming, you don't take it. If there's something that you don't want to eat, I don't eat it. Sometimes my husband say, taste this. I'll look at it and say, I don't want that. Come on, taste it. I don't want that. I get very bold. I don't want that. You need to try it. No, I don't. Don't like how it look. And by the looks of it, I might not like how it tastes. I don't want to mess with that. You never want to try stuff I tell you to try, and I ain't trying it. Come on, if I'm that bold about food, how bold should I be when it comes to the things of God? See, when you are so consistent when it comes to the things of God, nobody can move you so easily. Some of y'all are moved too easy, and you're saved. Because you want to be a part of what they're doing. So you try to act like them. You try to talk like them. And you try to be with them. And you know that their walk is off. So if you're going to be 
with them. You're supposed to bring change in the midst. And if you know you ain't bringing change in the midst, you are not consistent to who you are. Say that again. You talking. Say it again. Say it again. Amen. God want us consistent in everything that we do for him. He want consistency. When God gave me this message and said there is inconsistency in the body of Christ. Y'all, this is how it was in the natural. I had to look that thing up. I knew what God was saying. I said, but let me look up what you're saying, inconsistent. God, let me see what inconsistent is, is uh, the meaning of inconsistent. So when I looked it up, it says changeable, not being persistent. You know, and I'm like, wow, God. So, you know, natural mind, what are you saying? <laughs> so when you sit there and the Holy Spirit began to minister to you, when the Holy Spirit began to open up the word to you and say, I'm going to show you consistent, and I'm going to show you inconsistency. So I said, okay, God, I understand being consistent through these um, men of God. But God, show me where inconsistency is. Come on, when you ask him, he'll tell you. He'll show you through his word. This is why you need the word of God. This is why you need to be into the word of God on a daily basis. Y'all cannot be consistent hitting and missing. You have to stay in the word. You have to let the word stay before you. So as I was getting in there, he took me right back to the Israelites. Y'all know the Israelites that were crying out to God because they were in bondage. How many of us cry out when we're in bondage? How many of us really cry out when we know we can't take it no more? Come on, we know we can't do nothing about it no more. We begin to really cry out to God because of that oppression, because of that affliction. We begin to cry out with our whole heart. So when they begin to cry out to God with their whole heart, y'all know God sent Moses as a deliverer. Everybody know all this. So when he sent Moses to bring them out of Egypt, he brought them out of Egypt. But when he brought them out of Egypt, y'all, Egypt did not come out of them. See, God sent a deliverer. He sent the deliverer to lead them. And the way Moses was leading them is to trust God. Trust God. Don't trust in what you're going through. Don't trust in what you don't have. But trust God. I got news for y'all. If God brought you out of something, God has a replacement. God is not going to bring you out of something and do not take you to a place that God want to put you in. Don't think that God is going to leave you out there by yourself. So they trusted God and they trusted Moses because Moses was hearing from God. So this is a time they had to be consistent. Come on, God heard my cry first of all. I know he heard me because he bought the deliverer. Come on, how many of y'all before you got saved? And when you uh, heard the good news and the gospel and God sent somebody to you, you knew it was God because he was sending you a right now, rhema word, through that person letting you know, I saw you last night. I saw what you was going through. I see your anguish. I see your pain. I mean, just calling out stuff. You're saying, I know that's God. So you're taking God at his word and you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. But I'm here to tell you, you don't stop there. You don't stop there. 
They got out there. They got out there amongst the wilderness. And God did not even take them the way that he wanted to take them because he knew they wasn't ready for war. Y'all got to understand something. God will not take you in a place that you want to go because you think you can handle some spirits. Because you think you can deliver somebody. God said, I can't even take you that way. I can't even plant you in a house, in, in the church with the people because that church is performing deliverance right now and if you get in that church you're going to be afraid and you're going to turn back from me so I'm going to put you in a church that's going to raise you up so you will know what's going on even around you so God took them not in the place that he knew that there was war so getting to this part when they were coming out of Egypt they were out of Egypt they looked up y'all and there was Pharaoh there was their enemy but God had somebody which was Moses to tell them fear not stand still right so he said you know God is gonna deliver you those you see you don't see no more da, 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 da. but this is the part I want you to get they had needs in the wilderness they were in the need of water the water was bitter God told Moses what to do with the water come on you will be consistent God performed a miracle so you said all right God done performed that miracle so hey it's all right up in here now but then they were going through more things you would think after that they would be consistent right they would trust God they still weren't consistent they began to murmur and complain so God gave them manna from heaven come on a God that's going to give you bread from heaven even in the wilderness okay at first they were satisfied with the bread but all of a sudden they started complaining again they were not come on y'all y'all know what I'm talking about God do one thing for you on Monday you giving him glory soon as Wednesday come you complaining again because something else done hit you're not being consistent they were not consistent because they really didn't know God when you don't know him you ain't gonna be consistent but when you know him you can trust him and and be consistent in him so let's look at why people are not consistent we can use these Israelites here. They were not consistent in the things of God because they didn't trust God. See, you can be born again and you can accept him as your Lord and Savior, but you got to get to know a person in order to trust him. And if you don't come to know God, you won't be able to trust God. So every situation that they were in, they trusted God by what they saw. But after they come up on another situation, they weren't trusting God no more. They began to mumble and complain. And I believe that some of us in here today, we trust God when the bills are paid. When the bills don't get paid, we lose the trust for God because we're crying out to God. We're mumbling and complaining and saying, God, my bills need to be paid. That's not trusting God. That's not being consistent with God. So you have to be able to trust God. You have to be able to be consistent even in the things of God. And you have to know that if God has taken you to a place, God is going to help you get through that place that he has taken you to. So it's a trusting that you have to have for God in order to be consistent. You can tell people that's really not consistent when it comes to God. They complain all the time. Christian folk, people that's been saved for 20, 30 years still complaining. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't have the money to do this. I don't know why they're asking me for money. I don't know where I'm going to get that money from. We're not being consistent when it comes to the things of God. So not trusting God is what stops you from being consistent when it comes to God. So we have to um, build up our trust 
um, with God, how do we do it? Through the word of God. Moses was giving them the word, but guess what? They were not accepting really what Moses was giving them because they were looking at still where they were. Another reason why we're not consistent is because we want to be still a part of what the world is doing. This is what was happening with the Israelites. They still wanted to be a part of what the world was doing because each time that they had trouble, what did they say? When I was in Egypt, this is what I had in Egypt. This is what we ate when we was amongst the Egyptians. So they still didn't let go of the world. So the reason why we cannot be consistent, because we're still worldly minded. We still thinking about what we had when we wasn't saved. I had this, I had that, and we still want to do what the world is doing. So to be consistent, you have to let go of the world. The Bible says that, and the love of God, we don't love God if we love the things that are in the world. If you love in the things that are in the world, then the love of God is not in you. That means if you're always after what the world has or what the world is doing and you put God off for the world, you better check your love. Because God's supposed to be before all of those things. And this is what was happening. The Israelites was in Egypt for so long that they were reminded of what they had when they were in Egypt and they were allowing them that to rob them of who they were with. They would allow them to, that to rob them of what they already had. They had everything they needed in him, but they were going back to what the world has. Y'all, this is what's happening to Christians today. This is why we cannot be consistent because I can say this, when you're content with what you have, it don't bother you when somebody else gets something. When you're really content with what you have, you don't care what nobody else gets. You give God glory for what they got because you know they needed what they got, but you ain't going out to try to get better and do better. That means you staying consistent with where God has put you for this season. I don't have to have it because apostle got it. That's apostle's time and not my time. Why do I need it when I already have it? So see, we wait on the timing of God when God lead us out there to do what God want us to do because evidently God got a plan for what he's leading us to do. So anytime you're trying to keep up with what the world is doing, their dress, the way they dress, their style, their way of coming off and watching all of this ungodly stuff on TV trying to keep up with, let me see how I can wear this, let me see how I can wear that, you're not consistent, you're wavering and there you are hanging with the world and saying that oh how I love Jesus the Bible tells you go with me to 1 John 2 15 and I'm going to read it right out the word I don't want to miss none of it the Bible says love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Y'all, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Now, God knows we need clothes, right? He know we need shoes and God want his people to look good, doesn't he? How do I know? Because even the Israelites, their shoes didn't even wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They didn't go home. 
hungry. They weren't thirsty. Why? Because they belonged to a covenant-keeping God. So God know what you're in the need of even before you ask. And guess what? We're going to stand out above the world. Why? Because we're supposed to be a light unto the world that sits on a hill like a city that shines for the whole world to see, to know who you belong to. That's God's glory being revealed through you. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. God's light will shine so bright that people cannot even go past that light because they want to come in there and find out what that light is doing because that light will expose some darkness. So this is why we're supposed to stand out above the world. We don't supposed to be joining what the world do. We don't supposed to be taking up the, the cultures in the way of the world. We're supposed to be totally different. God shows up different from the world where the world know they know when he show up i need him i don't need this see it's too many people portraying the world and not portraying god when you portray god the world want to come out of the world let me say it again when you portray god the world want to come out of the world they want to be part of what you have Though that it, God is a spirit, those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on, you can be in a toe-up car. You know it's toe-up. But when people come around you and ride in that car, they begin to say, man, I like this car. It's just something about this car. I just like it. I ain't never thought about this car like that. You know why? Because the glory of the Lord is in that car. They ain't looking at how rusty it is. They ain't looking at how slow it is. Only thing they feel is the peace of God. They feel the love of God. They are feeling they're seeing the glory of God that surrounds that car. And it shows them something that that car is not. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They don't see the rust on the car. They just see his glory. And when God's glory um, show up, you don't see no imperfection. God make it perfect. He make it out of something that has never, y'all better hear me, never been before. That's how you know that you've consistent with God because you're not worrying about what people say. You're not worrying about people reactions. You're not worrying about what people do. You being consistent in what God is doing. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, is she talking to me? Say, for real, is she talking to me? You don't have to answer that. So we see what being consistent is. Those Israelites, they were mumbling. They were complaining because the world have, had not come out of them yet. So that would keep us, y'all, in bondage. The world would keep you in bondage. It would keep you a slave unto the world. And you can't be consistent. You keep going back and forth. And this is one thing that I have learned. We have to separate ourselves from the world. God tell us to separate ourselves. God ain't going to go move you out of a place with the world. You got to move yourself. God ain't going to lift you up, darling, and say you in the wrong place and throw you over there. No, he's going to tell you through the Holy Spirit, you in the wrong place, leave now. That's why he gave you two legs to walk right on out of that place. See, if we're going to be amongst the world, we're supposed to bring change to the world. You cannot hang around ungodly folks if you're not going to bring Jesus. Because when you bring Jesus amongst ungodly folks, it's going to draw them or drive them. Amen. But if you just go in to hang around ungodly folks, they're going to draw you. 
Because whomever you associate with, that's what you become. Because that's when your mind begins to shift. See, if you're a babe in Christ and you're still thinking that you can hang around other people that you used to hang around, they're going to draw you back to what you used to do. They're going to say, come on now, you say God loves you, you say you saved by grace and all of this stuff. So if you know all that, you can go with me. Well, I'll go with you this time. Then you're doing what they are doing. Because, see, you haven't gotten into the renewing process yet. So even though you're saved, you're born again in your spirit, your soul haven't gotten saved yet. That's a daily thing that has to take place through the word of God. So we have to be consistent when it comes to the things of God. So the reason why we're not consistent is because we don't trust God. Because we don't want to let go of what the world has. Y'all, I can feel right now in my spirit in this room, people have not letting go of what the world has. They still want to hold on to worldly things because they think that's what makes them. They want people to turn their head when they come in a room. They want people to see me, hear me, be attached to me. They still have not attached themselves to him. And when you attach yourself, okay, I, I, I was telling the apostle this that the Holy Spirit gave me. All of us are attached to something. But when we really get involved with an attachment, we detach from what we're attached to. So God is my attachment. So when I really accepted him, I let go of my attachments. I let go of everything that I was attached to. Because I wanted him more than I wanted those things. And it takes a renewing process, y'all. So not being consistent means you're not trusting God. You're not letting go of the world. You're holding on to stuff because that's what you feel that makes you. That's what you feel that completes you. The Bible said we are complete in him. We're complete in him. No one or nothing can complete you. You will never be satisfied until you completely accept him. When you truly accept him, you ain't worrying about this, that, or the other. Y'all, when I got in a place with God and I truly accepted God, I was content. I was content because nothing mattered. When birthdays would come, when things would come up in my life, my husband said, what you want? I have everything. I don't need anything, but I want to get you something. I can't think of nothing. It's nothing that I really need at this time. Just give me my Bible, lock me in a room, close the door. That's all I asked for. So people would look at me like, what's wrong with you? Jesus is what's wrong with me. Because when I met that man, And truly fell in love with that man. I can really let go of that man. Meaning that I love you honey. But he's above you. Because I know when I go to him. He's going to settle everything that's going on with me. It's already settled. So I had to fall in love with Jesus y'all. I thought I had fell in love truly with Jesus. But when things start popping up in my life. I had some inconsistency. One minute I was saying oh yeah he'll do it. But when something happened I'm like God are you going to do it? I was going from one place to another just like that chair. One minute it was here. One minute it was there. One minute it was there. And then it was so far out there. I couldn't know what I was and who I was and who I belonged to. I wasn't consistent. But being consistent, you have to have a made up mind. You have to have that made up mind. You have to make up your mind that that this is what Joshua said. Joshua, before he went to be with the Lord, he said, as for me and my house. Now, he was talking for for himself and his house. We're going to serve the Lord. Joshua was sure of that. 
But Joshua said, I can't speak for you. He said, you're going to have to choose whom you're going to serve this day. But Joshua had already made his choice. So I'm asking you, are you consistency consistent in the choice that you have made? Because if you say you're going to serve him, you're not going to let nobody take you out of the place that you have with him. So Joshua knew, I'm going to be consistent in what I do for the Lord. And if you follow Joshua, you can tell that Joshua was consistent. Because do you remember when God spoke to Joshua? He said, wait a minute, Joshua, we're going to settle this issue right here. Moses is dead. Now, Joshua, I want to talk to you. You can't go on Moses. You got to go on what I want you to do. And God began to open up to Joshua. This is what I want you to do, Joshua. He said, the first thing that you got to do, you got to observe everything that I'm telling you, Joshua. You got to observe it. You got to meditate on my word day and night. He said, as you do this and observe to do all that's written therein, he said, that's when you're going to prosper. That's when you're going to have good success. But when you get out of my pattern, when you get out of my way, you're not going to prosper. You're not going to have good success. Some of us in here are trying to prosper. In the things of God, if you do what the word of God tell you to do, you will prosper outside of yourself. You will have good success. You don't have to try to wing it. You don't have to try to make it happen because what God has written, it is written and God is not going to change it. And that's how you stay consistent. You say, God, this is what your word says. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to waver from it. And Lord, thank you for my helper, which is the Holy Spirit. When I feel like I can't make it, when I feel like I can't do it, I have a helper who assists me, God, to keep me consistent in the things of God. So you have to trust God to be consistent. You have to let go of the world. When you let go of the world, you are trusting God because you're saying, God, I don't need what the world has to offer. God, I need everything that you have. So you letting go of the world. You trust in God. And then another thing um, that I was saying, um, what's another thing that I said? Let me see who's listening. Uh-oh, uh-oh, where's everybody at? I said a lot, huh? The Holy Spirit said a lot. Didn't ask the Holy Spirit to bring it back to you, remember? We're trusting God, okay? We're letting go of the, of the world. And then another thing that we have to do to um, be consistent is we can't doubt. When you doubt, you do without. That means that when you doubt, you're not trusting God. Because if God said it, and I'm going to give you the scripture, I always say Numbers 23, God is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? God is always consistent. God is going to always honor his word. God said if this is what I'm saying to you. Take me at my word because I'm not going to change because man changed. I'm not going to change my mind. If I said it, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to hasten my word to perform it in your life. So you got to trust God. You got to let go of the world. You can't have no doubt. And another thing that I look at even with God, God was showing me. Y'all remember how Balaam came in and Balak wanted him to curse the children of God. Balaam said, How can I curse what God has already blessed? He knew the consistency of God. He said, God ain't changing his mind. You're telling me to do something, and I 
I can't curse because God is already blessed. They're already blessed to be a blessing. So I'm not going against the hand of God. So some people today, they're trying to do stuff outside of God. That's not being consistent with what God is doing. Another thing about consistency that God was showing me, y'all, and I'm getting ready to hit this because when I hit this right here, people demeanors change. And I'm going to hit it. Being consistent with God is obeying God I'm a, and, and not man. God took me, thank you, Holy Ghost. God took me back, y'all, to Saul and how y'all know the people chose Saul. God gave the people what they want. Now, at times, God will give you what you want because God knows that's where your heart is. So he'll give you what you want. So Saul became king. God gave Saul an assignment, kill off all those Amalekites. He said, I want you to literally destroy everything when you go into that city. Oh, Saul went in there and bought out the king. Now, if that ain't stupid, if you bring out the king, the king going to build another kingdom. That's the first one you should have killed. Why in the world would he bring out the king? He should have killed the king, but no, he brought out the king, then bought out some good stuff. And then when Samuel come on the scene and thank God for prophets, the mouthpieces of God that come in and give you correction, that, that rebuke, but they speak truth in love. Samuel come in and knew what he'd done wasn't what God told him to do. And you know what? Saul had the audacity to say, because of the people, that's what will keep you not consistent in the things of God. You rather obey man than obey God. This is why Saul got messed up and got rejected from being king. Because God saw you're going to obey man more than you're going to obey me. Where am I going? We got people that want to come behind the pulpit. We got people that want to be in the fivefold, but you ain't consistent with your walk with God. You saying what the word is saying, but you're not doing it. See, this is what people do. They'll get up in front of people behind the pulpit and they will begin to speak. And thus says the Lord, God say, you better do this. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Quit committing adultery. Quit lying. Quit stealing. Quit trying to be um, greedy. You're walking in greed. You're walking in covetousness. That's good, right? They're preaching. Then when they go home, they ain't doing what they said. They're doing opposite of what they said to you. See, this is the problem, y'all. Behind closed doors, people change. When they come in around people, people act like they're holy than thou. They get home where they get comfortable and people know you for who you really are. Everybody can go into church and act like you're holy. Everybody can come into church when I'm saying church, we're the church. But when we come in, we act like we so holy. We act like that we better than anybody else. We don't curse. We don't smoke. We don't do this. We don't do that. And can't wait till we get home to light it up. Can't wait till we get home to have a glass of wine. Can't wait till we get home to do some ungodly pornography and ungodly stuff we shouldn't be doing. Can't wait till we get home to watch a show that we recorded that turned you on in the bedroom. I'm here to tell you, we get up and we try to make people think that we're something that we're not. In your spirit, you got all of him. But your soul is so unrenewed, that's what's making you inconsistent. So another thing that make us inconsistent is people, y'all. We come into church, we fellowship, 
We get out of the church, hang around a certain crowd, and then we go back to where we were before. We let people change our walk. We let people change our talk. Because we don't want to separate from people. Saul rather obey the people than he rather obey God. You got to say, God, for you I live, for you I die. Because see, when you turn your life over to him, y'all, that means you're no longer your own. You don't own yourself no more. You belong to him. So whatever he say, that's what you do. Then another thing that happened with being inconsistent, I want to go um, back to in the New Testament. Y'all remember when the disciples walked with Jesus. They were learners of Christ. They were followers of Christ. But it come a time that the crowd was following Jesus and they were in the need of food. And Jesus asked the disciples, what do you have? They had two fish, five loaves of bread. Right then, Jesus was showing them a miracle with the little that they have. But the first thing that Jesus said, you're going to have to give me what you have. Come on, y'all. Ain't that tough? I'm going somewhere. You got to place in my hands what you have. How do we place it in God's hands? We give it to the one that God has put over you. Because that's the one that God has entrusted. That's the steward that God entrusts. And yes, all of us are stewards in this house. But Jesus took what they gave him and Jesus blessed it. He put it before the Father and he blessed it. And then he gave it to his disciples and the disciples gave it to the people. But they had to give it to Jesus first. This is the point that I'm getting to. After that miracle occurred, Jesus said, now it's time for us to pack up. And we going over here to the other side. We going, you know, wherever. But he told them, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. He was warning them of the false teaching and the false doctrine that they were going to bring unto them. Jesus was teaching them, I want you to be consistent. I just showed you a miracle. So you should know who I am. So this is what I'm talking my language to you. So those disciples began to reason amongst themselves. And they began to say, he said this because we forgot to take bread. See, they were still in the natural. So being inconsistent and not being consistent is you walking in the flesh and you're not walking in the spirit and it's because you have no understanding of what's being said so Jesus was letting them know they didn't have no understanding they could not perceive what he was saying he had to break it down to them so when we have no understanding when we can't perceive what he's saying it is because our heart has become hard our heart has become callous to the things of God. We're more sensitive to the world's way of doing things than the way that God does things. So they were being inconsistent. They saw the miracle, but when Jesus began to tell them something that they didn't understand, they were going back to natural means instead of walking in the spirit. So he's saying that a hardened heart. When your heart becomes hard, that means that your heart has become hard because you spend more time with the world then you spend with God. You allow the cares of the world. You remind, um, allow the cares of the world to come in and overtake what God is doing in your life. You more focus on what the world has to say or what the world is doing instead of what the word of God is saying. That's when your heart become hard. It become callous. And this is why you cannot be consistent when it comes to the things of God. So God is telling us today, this is why we are not consistent. And then another thing with the two fish and five loaves of bread. I'm going to go back there. We, they gave it to Jesus and then Jesus gave back to them. God said the people of God are not even consistent in their tithing. 
This is what we do, just like these disciples did. We tied. We give God glory because we tied last week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I done tied it. Then when your bills change the next week, well, I'm going to skip this week of tithing. I'll catch you next week. So then when next week comes and something else come up, then you say, I'm going to skip this week and I'll catch you next week. So you get four checks out of a month and God get one. Then you say, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be consistent, God. I'm going to be consistent because you hear the message and you get excited and you hear testimony. And let me tell you something. When people really testify with what God is doing in their life, they're testifying to encourage you, to uplift you in the things of God, not to make you do what they're doing because they had to get to a place to do what they do. Understand that. So don't be trying to do what Teresa is doing if your heart ain't right. See, your heart is still hard. So what people do, one day they'll change, one week they'll change, but they go back to the same pattern because it has not been uprooted out of them through the word of God. You have people that tell you one minute one thing and the next minute they go back to the same thing. Why? Because they got a hardened heart. Why? Because they got a stronghold in that area that they have not overcame. So until they overcome, that they're going to go back to the same pattern of not giving when you love the Lord when you get substance in your hands you give him the first fruit off of all your substance off of all y'all hear what I'm saying everything you have belongs to God if Teresa give me $20 God gets substance off of it he get the first fruit off of it because it's an increase that I have in my house and that's why my barns get filled with plenty that's why my vats burst forth with new wine because I'm honoring God with my first people say that's the old Jesus said I didn't do away with the old I came to fulfill the old guess what Jesus done away with sacrificing the sacrificial system is what he done away with apostle not the law he said God put that in place to let you know what clean was and unclean and let you know how holy I am he said I'm the final sacrifice quit roasting your sheep he done away with that not the tide if he did away with tithe, he needed to do away with healing. Deliverance. He did away with the sacrificial system. But he fulfilled the law. So this is why I say we need to be consistent even in our giving. We don't base our giving on, well, this popped up. God, I'm going to put you to the side this week. Y'all know what I mean. I need that new bag. And that bag costs what I'm going to give God. So I'd rather have the bag than I'd rather have God. Y'all know what I mean? I got to have that Gucci, Miss Mary. And that Gucci, how much sometimes? Oh, Gucci, you coming home. God, understand. I'm under grace, Julia. I'm under grace and I'm going to sport that Gucci. But that Gucci can't give you eternal life. That Gucci didn't save you. That Gucci didn't redeem you. That Gucci didn't sanctify you, apostle. It didn't justify you. It was the blood that done it. So you got to let go of Gucci and say, God, come before Gucci. And if God want me to have Gucci, he'll bless me with Gucci outside of 
We leave God out. We dip over there in God to get what we want. That's outside of what he's saying. I'll never forget this, y'all. Y'all, I talk about me. I love talking about me because I know where God brought me from. I remember I was trying, y'all. Some of us in here have already tried that. I was, somebody want me to sit in this seat. Anyway, I felt it, so I just take a seat for a little bit. Anyway, people probably think, you crazy. No, when I hear things, I just do it to let you know I heard you. Anyway, <laughs> um, what I did was, me and my husband, when I lost my position, y'all, God was raising me up. I never forget. I was just learning about tithing, y'all, and, and I made up my mind, I would say, I made up my mind, y'all. This was my mind. It wasn't my heart. It was my mind. All I'm putting in that pot is $20. That's all you getting every time I walk up in there when I get paid is $20. That's what I did, right? And the more I grew in grace, you grow in grace. The more I, I grew in the things of God, y'all, I would look at what I have and God would get off the top. And I said, God, this is yours first. God's would be set aside for his use. So I remember that, you know, how sometimes we're still walking in, in him, but we're still trying to fix stuff ourselves. We're not consistent. We say, God, I trust you, but right now I need to handle some things. You know, I want some things too. I'm going to give you yours, but I'm going to try to figure out how I can get this payment a little lower so I can get what I want. You know what I'm saying? This is what the woman asked me when she going over your stuff. It wasn't nothing but the devil. She said, uh, I need everything that you pay every month. I said, okay. I'm giving it to her. And she said, do you tithe? I said, excuse me? Do you tithe? Yes. Well, if you quit tithing, that ain't going to happen. Because see, what we was trying to do was lower our interest on our home. I said, that's not going to happen. Well, if you quit tithing, then you can get a lower interest and you wouldn't be above this right here. And I said, that ain't going to happen. Well, we can't help you because you're giving this much. I said, fine. So I said, God, I give you glory. You know what this household needs. You know what we're in the need of even before we ask. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going on about my business because everything I need, you're going to supply. Y'all, this is no lie. Got something in the mail from the mortgage company that said, we have lowered your interest rate. And this is what you will pay monthly. Won't he do it? You know why? Because I gave to him first. I was consistent outside, Kathy, what my bill said. I was consistent outside of what I wanted. And I said, you're going to be first, God, in this house outside of what I want. And when I started doing that, me and my husband, you got to be on one accord with it. When we start doing that, God started supplying every need. See, breakthrough was coming. Breakthrough was just coming in our house. It was just gushing in our house. Why? Because we was always consistent. Even when I didn't get a check, I was still saying, God, whatever I get is yours. Even when he didn't get a check, and it was one check, we didn't stop giving off the one because he didn't get one. 
Why? Because I said I'm going to be consistent in what you're telling me because this is what your word says, Father. And I'm going to go by your word, not going by my situation, not going by how I feel, not going by what man is telling me to do. You know what people will say? Evangelist, God know your heart. He know you want to give something. Don't worry about it this time. He honors your heart. Your heart ain't right. Because if your heart was right with God and you have the heart of God, you would give what the spirit tell you to give outside of what your pocketbook and bank is saying. I'm getting to another thing. I'm going back to the heart. So the whole thing about being consistency, consistent is where your heart is. If your heart ain't right, you ain't going to be consistent. You can come up with every excuse that you want to come up with. But if your heart is not right, you're going to go back to the same thing that you have always wanted to do. People are play acting in church, which is called hypocrites. Some people are giving just to say, I gave, but you don't want to give from your heart. You don't want people to look at you, so you lay it down. God don't honor that. God honors the heart. The lady that gave the little mite it meant more to Jesus than the one that gave out of their substance. Now, let me explain this. That lady was poor, but she had a love for Jesus. And she loved Jesus more than she loved her money. That's what he was proving right there. But see, you got to understand this. Until you get in a place with God, you're going to think the little that you're giving is enough. Because that's where you are, because your heart ain't changed yet. But when your heart totally changed to God, you ain't looking at $5 no more is all you got. If God say give your last, you laying it down, your last. That's your best because that's all that you had. But if you got thousands and thousands of dollars and you giving $5 and you a saint, that's not your best. That's not your best. You afraid to give. So consistency not being consistent fear will stop you from being consistent there are things that you fear and you begin to hold on to it because you are afraid that if I give this I'm not going to have this if I do this this is not going to work in my life then God is second place in your life God is not where he need to be in your life because when you are born again you got born again because you trust in God more than you trust man So God want the body of Christ to be consistent in everything that he asks you to do. He don't want you wavering back and forth. We said the things that will stop you from being consistent, but what will make me consistent in the body of Christ? Having a love of God. When you love God and you love him because he first loved you, when you know how much he loved you and what he done for you, you will be consistent. Because you know you didn't do it yourself. It was him that done it for you. And you live in that life that he would have you to live with the help of the Holy Spirit. So God is saying now when you love a person, there's nothing that you won't do for that person. Let me tell you something. Sometimes love is blind. Love is blind sometimes because if you're not in a place with God where you need to be, you'll believe anything that person is telling you and it's a lie. Because you love that person more than you love God. Now, I can say here, me and my husband, we don't have 
no reason to lie. This is what my husband always say, and I'm going to say it again what he always say. When I tell him, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you a walker. <laughs> Daddy woke up on that one, didn't you, you a walker. That's just what y'all do. Y'all, you just like your daddy. Your daddy say he ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. That's consistent because I'm going to stand on what God tell me to do. I'm not going to move off of what God tells me to do, no matter if it's my husband. I love my husband, but if God tell me, he knows it's just as good as done. And he had to fall in pursuit because he said, whatever God tell her to do, she's going to do it outside of me. Why? Because I love God more than I love that man. I ain't ashamed. Why would I be ashamed? Because I fell in love with Jesus. And see, he know that whatever I tell him, I'm telling him from the throne. I'm not going to tell him anything to hurt him. I'm not going to tell him anything that's going to bring harm to him. But I'm going to tell him what God is telling me, whether he like it or not. And that's how it should be for him. Because when he married me, he should love me just like Christ loved the church. And how would he know that Christ loved the church? Because he's in his word. He's renewing his mind. And he's saying, Lord, teach me how to be the husband that I need to be for my wife. Teach me how to be a husband just like Jesus loved the church. Let me love her that way that I deny myself. And then this man, if if I'm off my game, y'all. He got to tell me I'm off my game. He can't just try to appease me to make me happy. He got to say, oh, man, uh, come on now, who you are, who, who you belong to, who you with. Even though I, what you say? He'll stand with that because he know what the word says. That's what make you one. The word make you one. You don't go on just because somebody got hurt feelings. Just because my feelings hurt, yes, he's supposed to comfort me, but he's supposed to hear the spirit of the Lord and let me know where I am. That's how you know you love Jesus. Because you ain't putting up with any and everything. No, you out of order. That ain't what the word said, baby. This is what the word says. i never forget this. He was going to get his lawnmower fixed one time, and I think he told y'all about this. And when he went to go get his lawnmower fixed, this man just went off on my husband. Just went off on him. So he come home and he was telling me, he said, that man went off on me. I don't know that man went off on me. I ain't done nothing to that man. He went out. I let him finish. And I looked at him. I said, honey, the man was having a bad day. I said, it wasn't you. I said, he already had something else going on. And he just, you just walked up and he just put it all on you. My husband calmed down. He didn't worry about it. The man called him back, right? He went back over there, and the man apologized and told him exactly what the Spirit said. See, I could have went off with him and said, you let that man talk to you like that? He ain't going to be talking to you like that. He must have lost his mind. But I didn't agree with that foolishness. Why? Because I heard the Spirit when the Spirit was speaking. And I had to relate to him what the spirit was saying, but he had to be on the receiving end to receive it and humble himself and say, I hear God speaking through you. So see, we can't stay consistent because we come into agreement with what man is doing outside of what God is saying. We have to understand that if we're going to trust God, we have to trust God. The biggest thing that we can do as saints is keep your mind renewed. Keep it renewed. Every day, 
You need to be in the word of God. Y'all, we're laying down this Bible like it's nothing. There's going to come a time when you can't even tote that Bible. When you can't even open up that Bible. The word got to be in you and got to be coming out of you. Because if they see you with a Bible, they're going to kill you. People over there in China can't even come together. Some of them, I think it's changed though, can't come together. They get killed for what they believe. They have to hide just to have come together as a church. Yo, we got privileges right now and we just throw our Bible in our back seats and leave it there to Sunday or when we come back to Bible study. Or we come home and we turn on the tool and don't even take the time to get in the word when we have time for the word. That's why inconsistency come in because we're spending more time with other people and other things. I don't know about you. Before I got consistent with God, I was finding everything I could find to do except being in the word. Oh, I need to go to the mall. Oh, oh, I need to get my nails done. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. But I was leaving the word out of it. But when I got in trouble, Lord, where are you? Lord, why don't you help me? Because I was putting people and things before I was putting God. It's time for us as saints to be consistent in the body of Christ, not changing, not wavering, but whatever we do, we want to continue to do it outside of how we feel. And the more we continue to do it, y'all, it don't become a habit. See, a habit is what we form. It becomes a part of us. We have to be so consistent in the word of God that nobody have to tell me to get in it. I'm so consistent and it's so much a part of me. I know what I need on a daily basis. We got to be so consistent in prayer that the more consistent we are in prayer, nobody don't have to remind you that you need to communicate with God because that's a part of you. That becomes so much a part of you that you're walking in it, that you're living that way. Some people say, how can you treat people good when they treat you bad? Because I'm consistent when it comes to the word of God. I know the word say, bless those who curse you, love those who hurt, um, hate you. And he said, pray for those who what? despitefully use you. So the more I'm in the word, my mind is getting renewed. And as my mind get renewed and, the, and I meditate on that word and chew on that word, even before I swallow it, I begin to, to chew on it. And let me tell you too, why sometimes we bring it back up because we don't want to accept it ready. So then it takes more chewing. It takes more enlightenment through the help of the Holy Spirit. But once it get in your heart and it takes root, you start living it. Nobody have to tell you to come to church. Nobody have to tell you to come in here and do this or do that. You do it because you've been with him. Nobody have to tell you how important it is to fellowship. You done been with him so you know the importance of fellowships. And you're doing it on a consistent basis. You're not coming in here out of habit. You're coming in here because it's been made a part of you. This is what you do. Some people say, how is it that y'all can, you know, come out and fellowship every Sunday and y'all can just come out and enjoy Jesus? Because whatever become a part of you, that's what you become. Whomever you associate with is what you become. And you know when you miss it. You know when you're not there because you have a yearning. You have such a desire and you feel like 
something is missing in my life and you know what's missing I'm not there you hear people talking about it but you're saying it ain't like being there turn it on on um live it's not like being there I just want to be in the midst when you have a yearning to be in the midst of what God's doing and God has your heart for that God will put you in the midst if you want to be in the midst if you're not consistent in fellowship you it don't bother you when you're out of fellowship you don't care if you're there or you're not come on miss three Sundays in a row some people just say you know I can use this day for something else I don't have to be there I'm used to doing this right here so I don't have to be amongst the saints you know when people want to be amongst the saints when they're in trouble when somebody's dying they're ready for somebody to be there for them but they're not there for others so God wants us to be consistent in what we do for the Lord. And I went over the things of being consistent. And the main thing is be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the good and acceptable will. You'll be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. Make up your mind that you want to be consistent today. And just say, Lord, I want to be consistent in the things of God. Get the um, CD, go back on live and hear what God is saying over and over again and allow that to get in you. And I'm going to tell you something. It don't even matter what you're addicted to. Whatever you're addicted to and you're ready to let go of, y'all remember this. God said you let go of it, it'll let go of you. And when you really say I'm going to let go of it, you don't even want it no more. It don't even bother you no more. Why? Because you can get through it. Some of our addictions come through rejection. It comes through worry. It comes to being dissatisfied in some areas so we pick up something else. But when you pick him up and you allow him to really get in you and come through you, you don't want that no more. You don't want to have nothing to do with it no more. I remember I was in love with Pepsi, y'all. Some of y'all might have loved Coke, but I love me some Pepsi. That ice, you put it in that cup and dump that Pepsi in there y'all see it right now don't you and it starts sizzling and it's so cold and y'all taste it in your mouth right now I'm putting a temptation there <laughs> anyway it'd be so cold and I made up my mind I don't want no more sodas I said I'm gonna let them go I let them go and that's been about 15 years ago don't care to have them never really been a cake eater after grandmama made so many cakes every time you turn around it was cake here cake there cake everywhere I got tired of cake so people wonder why you don't like cake. That's why I don't like cake. I had enough of it in my lifetime not to even see it no more. Thank you for the cake, but I'll taste a little bit, but cake just ain't me. So when you really give up a thing and fall in love with something else, you can get rid of that thing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this. Men and women of God, let God be number one in your life. When God is really number one in your life, you will not attach to anything or anyone more than you attach to him he will be your attachment so when the enemy sends somebody in your life to try to take you away from God you're not going to be easily moved why because you're rooted in him you're grounded in the things of God and guess what they're going to know whom you serve because the glory of God is going to be revealed in you and through you do not be so easily moved. If you so easily move, that means that you need some more grounding. And it takes the word of God to be grounded in the things of God. This is why you got to come in and fellowship 
with the saints, with the ones that's on one accord with you. You don't come in fellowship with Buddha and then come back in here on Sunday and fellowship with us. You're going to have some confusion because you're going to be telling people, well, this is what Buddha said. This is what Muhammad said. This is what the Israelites said. This is what this one said. This is what that one said. But no, I'm telling you what God is saying. And I ain't moved by Buddha. I ain't moved by this one, that one, or the other. The only thing moved me is God. And you stand on that. You don't even bid them God speak. You don't even invite them in your house. The only way you invite them in their house is say, you know what? This is the day that you're getting ready to serve my God and you're letting him go. If you want to come in here and serve who I serve, you're welcome to come in here. If you ain't willing to change whom you're serving, just go on about your business. Because I'm going to tell you about my God. I guarantee you they'll leave your house. Not unless they really want change. So it's time, y'all. To be consistent in the body of Christ. This is why people do not want to come to Jesus. Because we're not consistent. We're telling them one thing. We're doing another. Come on. We're living lives. That we shouldn't be living behind closed doors. But it's getting ready to pop up. People are getting ready to see who you really are. Because you don't want to let go of yourself. It's time to let go and let God be whom we need to be. Come on. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.